Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another episode of Master Phil in your corner with your host, Master Phil. All right. Greetings, everyone. This is Master Phil with Master Phil in your corner with my trusty sidekick, Dougie Fresh Friedman, yes, here in the undefeated media studios in Warming up White Call. Yeah, a little sunny warming day. Up White yeah. Sunday here in White Call, New Jersey. Snow's starting to melt away. Uh, getting rid of the last remnants of winter, hopefully. Yes. Um, you know, we have, a, we have a really good show today. Uh, it's a very important subject that, you know, has been uh, hanging around for a few years and, uh, and is just reaching a larger and larger crescendo, shall we yeah. say. So, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to get into it. But before we get into our subject today, yeah. we have to thank our sponsors. Absolutely. Namely, me. <laughs> so, uh, philross.com. Uh, it's the one on one and virtual training through the, through the kettlebell library, over 100 kettlebell and bodyweight based workouts. We have Survival Strong there as well. Defensive tactics, sh- strategies, combinations, and responsive techniques. And there's a bunch of workouts involved in that as well. And of course, the American Eagle Live, there are over, over 200 training videos with kettlebells, bodyweight, martial arts, defensive tactics, knife and stick work. There's a Technique education. It's only nine ninety nine per month. Wow. Matter of fact, we've gone international. I just uh, had a couple people overseas nice. join up. Yeah, pretty cool. Got a couple Welcome. from Australia, yeah. <laughs> South Korea. Everything. It's really cool. Um, and then the secrets of kettlebell training. I mean, people, you got to jump on this because it's only sixty nine dollars to get over one hundred kettlebell movements performed in the hard style training method of Russian kettlebell training. So, you know, this will teach you how to be able to perform these movements properly. Nice. We also have the bodybuild method, the world's only kettlebell bodyweight and dynamic tension certification based on the minimalist approach to strength, health, and fitness. The system is recognized by both ACE and NASM for continuing education credits. And uh, they're also, the, uh, the bodybuild method is listed on their respective sites, levels one and two. And we do have a certification coming up on March 27th in Rye, New York, Trinity Fitness. Get involved now. And then, of course, we have the Master Fill in Your Corner podcast. If you happen to miss the live broadcast, you don't want to watch it on YouTube, you want to listen to it elsewhere, <laughs> feel free to go on to the if Master Fill in Your Corner. Anti-YouTube. <laughs> you're not, you know, you're like, you got thrown off YouTube maybe. I don't know. Who knows? all kinds of crazy stuff going on but uh you know go to the master fill in your corner podcast um we also have more products for training uh you can go to our website thephilross.com and check out the dragon door products kettlebells neuro grips books videos everything you want and you need to join me on fit team gosh you know what i forgot to take my water out oh yeah yeah because I have my special Fit Team, fit team Water with me. This, yeah. stuff, this one has hydrate and energy in it. Nice. I want that. We still got to get me my 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 package. Get on board, brother. Get I'm on board. I'm on board. Where do I sign? I'm uh, PhilRoss.com. All right. <laughs> there you go. Go there and sign up. Join with me. I'll tell you what. How many times have I gotten thirsty and parched here on the yes, show? Very and, true. And, yeah. We ran out of water bottles. You drank them all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm like a camel. Drink it all down. Um so join us on, on Fit Team. We have all kinds of nutritional products. Uh, burnalong.com, if you don't want to go into any of these other 
video training and you want to just see me with 2000 other instructors, it's 14.95 a month. Mm -hmm. And, uh, nice. It's a lot of stuff. Mass mass fills everywhere. Everywhere. Like (laughs) can't uh, hide. Can't hide. Can't hide. They'll find you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, now there's a subject that we really need to address. Something that I teach in my classes Mm -hmm. um, and has to do with marijuana, Mm -hmm. cannabis, pot, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now people think it's this innocuous little herb that does not, you know, harm anyone but we're gonna we're gonna delve into this a good subject bit. yeah right. and we have an expert here with us uh this this man met him a few years back and um i mean uh, quite quite an interesting background mm-hmm. yeah he was in uh behavior behavioral and public health and he worked in new york city for the uh for the government there so i mean the guy's got a great insight on what's going on and you know it's Sometimes it gets a little scary when you see what's going on yeah. and you see the things that, that occur and this and how the studies are skewed and, and, uh, you know, Hey, you know, we gotta, we have to pay yeah. attention to this stuff and uh, yeah. we're going to bring some, uh, we're going to go and <laughs> 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 we got some people chiming in there. So, um, without any further ado, we're going to bring in Duke goals. Come on, Duke. Good afternoon, Join gentlemen. Us. Good afternoon, <laughs> Master Phil. Yeah. Thank you kindly for having me on today. Louis, thank you for being uh, being one of our esteemed guests. You know, um, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about your background in, in science and health and so forth? Well, you know, like a lot of us, uh, you know, my my background is mixed. You know, I was in construction for a long time, so I had a lot of firsthand exposure to substance abuse and things like that. You know, prevalent in that type of community. But later on, I went back to school. Um, I have a passion for helping out people, and uh, I began a, a life in public health. I worked for the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene in the Center for Health Equity. I uh, worked with the Blood Pressure Monitoring Program, and uh, basically we focused on you know social determinants of health as well as chronic disease prevention. From there, I went forward and got a master's degree in healthcare administration. I became a practice manager for a large uh, behavioral health office uh, down in Morristown. Did that for a while. Now I work in digital therapeutics where I can help people, you know, by reaching them in an electronic format where we deliver their care plans directly to their phone and help keep them healthy on a day-to-day basis and nice little snackable bites of information, you know? So it's, uh, it's wow. very rewarding. Wow. Um, actually, it looks like you've spent a whole lot of time in your life helping other people and being involved in things that make other people's lives better. And, uh, you know, I mean, gosh, I mean, you've seen a lot. Um, and you know, one, one of the things that, that I want to bring up, you know, personally on a personal level, I don't care if people smoke pot, do whatever they want to do. It doesn't really bother me. That's their own personal choice. Of course I choose not to, and I choose not to for a plethora of reasons. Um, but the thing that, that, that worries me most is the way that pot is being positioned as this innocuous drug that doesn't harm anyone. Now I must digress and say, you know, if you are in extreme pain, I'd rather someone use cannabis than use opioids. But that doesn't mean that it's good. It just means it's not as bad. <laughs> you know, it doesn't suck as bad as opioids do for you. But, you know, again, I think we're being sell, sold a, a bad bill of goods on this. And, uh, you know, this has come to the forefront, especially in our town, because they want to put in a, uh, a pot store 500 feet from a school 
Um, I, I think that we're winning and it's not going to happen, but still, we still need to discuss these, these, uh, situations. So, um, so can you, can you talk to, uh, some of the, the dangers of pot marijuana? Um, well, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's not quite as, as harmless as a lot of people think because, um, you know, you're still breathing in, uh, you know, a, a lot of you know, sticky residues and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anybody oh, has could ever. You hold that? Could, you, could yeah. you hold that thought? That video clip. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, hey. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, keep Go talking because we're going to talk about Because what I found was I found this a couple years ago because I, I teach, I teach uh, in my health sciences class um, about the dangers of marijuana. And what it does to your lungs. And I found this video. It was, it was conducted by a, um, a Canadian doctor. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, and I, I put the actual um, uh, from three twenty two. Effective today. Yeah. yeah. So check this out. Let's bring this in. So, Duke. So let's let's start talking about that residue, and then we'll we'll see it here. I mean, the same stuff you see at the end of that cigarette, or that the end of that joint goes right into your lungs. Yeah, so what they did was they did a, uh, it starts at 322. So here's a, this is like, this is the, um, I'm showing after 90 joints, what happens to your lungs with the, with the uh, cotton. And then here's the people, you know, are just listening. They see a nice clean thing of uh, cotton balls. And after a, a tube filled with nicotine and her residue ridden uh, cotton balls and then shows how, how disgusting and like what happens to your lungs and then and then they're, they're breaking apart the cotton balls and, and you see how much gunk is in the cotton balls and how much residue there is and then they wipe it out and then they show the tube with all the residue in I think that's good I think you get the idea nice 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 good so so Duke, what do you think of that? <laughs> um, that's exactly, you know, the point that I was getting at, you know, and a lot of times people aren't like going to be filtering their marijuana cigarettes or things like that, you know, and like you were saying about, you know, the, the muddled type of information, you know, one of the lines that you'll hear, you know, like when people try and promote, you know, like cannabis or marijuana, they'll be like, oh, you know, cigarettes has like 150, you know, carcinogenic uh, chemicals in it. Pot only has like five or 14 or whatever, much smaller number. Still, you're putting all that residue into your lungs and you're most likely, you know, not putting any kind of filter in between it. And, you know, that that's still gunking up your sinuses. I mean, you know, and just on that subject alone, I mean, you're putting a lot of extra things in your body that are going to slow you down. Number one, they're going to take away from your overall health. Um, and yes, yeah, some of them are going to be carcinogenic. Plus, unless if you're getting like non-GMO, organically grown marijuana, you don't really know what's in that stuff anyway. You know what I mean? There could be all sorts of you know chemicals and pesticides in there that who knows what they were or fertilizers or things like that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, on, I mean, on that level alone, you know, go ahead. Just on that level, not even delving into the fact that THC, the active ingredient in marijuana, resides in your cerebral cortex for 23 days. Now, I mean, there are have been a ton of studies done on what it does, makes a, like structural and functional changes to the hippocampus. 
Um, are you, uh, do you know anything about those uh, studies or, or that effect and how it, you know? Well, I mean, for one, there's like THC, it, it's a really long name, but there's more three letter type of acronyms for, you know, a whole bunch of other things that are in cannabis as well. And oh, uh, it's, ahead, a fat, <laughs> it's a it's a fat soluble type of chemical, meaning that, you know, fat will break it down or so when we do ingest cannabis like THC or even like, you know, like other things like CBD, those type of things will stay inside our fat cells, our lipid cells, like you just said, for a prolonged period of time. The heavier we are, the more fat that we are, the more we can store that. And so like right now I'm at a pretty good weight, but let's just say I was like 100 pounds overweight you know, and I was smoking the same amount as if I'm, you know, a healthy person, I'll be storing that THC for even longer periods of time and even more adipose type of uh, cellular tissues too. Yeah. And it takes and longer plus, to get it out. And plus when you smoke pot, you get the munchies. So you get even fatter. So, <laughs> <laughs> put more weight on. Um, now, the other thing is that um, you, you brought something up that is fat soluble, right? Now people say, oh, it's the same as drinking. No, it's not. Alcohol is water soluble. You pee it out the next day. Except, of course, in extreme cases. But um, fat, the, these narcotics are fat soluble. They're stored. They stay in your system. It's, uh, it's well, a huge... Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's, that's one component of, it. I mean, like the different types of chemicals out there, you know, are, have different processes, you know, like the alcohol and other types, you know, they may be, you know, right. throughout a liver where they're, you know, uh, metabolized and, you know, converted into different chemicals that are used throughout our body to give us those effects that, you know, people are trying to get, um, you know, but, but in this line, you know, um, you know, between legalization and like uh, decriminalization, you know, I, I, I take a fine stance there. I've, I've worked in like prisoner reentry, uh, you know, criminal justice mm -hmm. type of reform. And, you know, um, recreational legalization is not the same as decriminalization. And I just wanted to make that that point. And, you know, I, I do support decriminalization because, you know, like you're talking about narcotics, you, you mentioned. And, uh, you know, cannabis, right. marijuana is is a schedule one narcotic meaning that, you know, it's in the same classification as heroin or LSD. And uh, I think most of us, you know, could probably agree that cannabis is really not in the, the same category as something like heroin or LSD. Right. If you've ever seen anybody smoke a joint or then shoot up or take LSD, you would see a very, very different you know, <laughs> reactions amongst those people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. A, a, a lot of yeah. different things, you know? So when, when it comes to decriminalization, you know, I do support, you know, making it maybe like a schedule two narcotic, like something like uh, cocaine or maybe less, you know, and also the penalties, you know, associated with it. You know, if somebody gets caught with a joint, it shouldn't destroy their whole lives. You know, right. whether it be employment, whether it be trying to get student uh, financial aid for undergraduate or whether it being admissions to graduate school, because, you know, those are all things that can be, uh, you know, really affected by it. So, mm -hmm. you know, changing the different types, but getting back to the, you know, the health aspect too. one thing, you know, health, you know, related that it has been linked to, you know, THC does help lower the testosterone in uh, us guys. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Um, and it seems like there is a, you know, an overall issue within a lot of our Western countries about, you know, lowering of testosterone through the different types mm -hmm. of processed foods that we're eating, the different over-the-counter right. pharmaceuticals that we take that we can mm -hmm. just buy in the, the drugstores, you know, so uh, the lack of activity, especially after this pandemic, you know, our, our mm -hmm. T levels are going down a lot. 
And uh, I mean, that, that kind of affects a lot. Now, you know, we don't want too much. We don't want to be, you know, taking, you know, like anabolic steroids, thing, but we want to be at a, a healthy level. And one thing that cannabis will do, it will definitely lower your testosterone levels uh, enough where, you know, you may not be inclined, you know, to have the recovery that you might have mm -hmm. if you were working out normally. What are, right. what are your thoughts on that, Master Phil? Well, yeah, actually, uh, the one we actually did... Um, did an episode on where have all the men gone, right? And yes, the, sir. Uh, and the dropping testosterone and sperm rate. Um, now, the other thing that, that uh, so I couldn't agree with you more on that, uh, but also it not only affects males, it affects females. It, uh, the marijuana, THC, affects the chromosomes. There are a ton of studies done on this where they, they do have an adverse effect on the chromosomes and do um, you know, destroy them. I mean, there, there are many studies that have shown of what it does to, uh, you know, in, intrauteral uh, fetuses um, when they're in there. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. You know, you, you put a foreign substance in your body. And the thing that I'm, I'm being, you know, the, the, the big issue that I have here is, again, how we started off. It's being put forth as an innocuous, natural herb, drug, whatever you want to call it. And, and it's not innocuous. Look, anytime you put something in your system, yeah, you stand a chance of, of something bad happening. You know, um, you know there's, there's a ton of studies that have, have shown what it does with the hippocampus and the, um, how your memory, you know, you have memory loss from it. And there's many other side effects too. You know, of course, it's called a gateway drug. You know, because many of the people who you, you don't just wake up one day and start, you know, doing smack. All right. It, it, you know, you start with one thing and then gradually move towards other ones. I mean, that's common knowledge, uh, you know, for people to try to dispute that, you know, it's just they, they really just don't have a leg to stand on. And I just don't know where they're getting the information from. You know, do you have any um, thing to say about that or? Well, to be honest with you, uh, Master Phil, you know, I would consider um, alcohol, tobacco and cannabis all gateway drugs. Um, generally, most people I know don't go out and try, you know, a marijuana cigarette or smoke a bong right away. They usually are exposed to either smoking some kind of like tobacco product, uh, maybe like a, a vape product or, you know, they try alcohol first because those are like the most legal ones. And, you know, this brings up right. the legalization aspect. If we do make this like recreationally legalized, it's just going to be an additional gateway drug for people to go ahead and try some more, you know, heavier types of things. And, you know, eventually with tolerance, you know, you, you know, say someone is, is prone to liking a certain substance, like, you know, like cigarettes. And I was addicted, you know, uh, I'm still addicted to nicotine. I will be my whole life. But, you know, I smoked for a long time and, you know, like I'm prone to that. So, you know, one at first, it's like, OK, yeah, it's all right. But that one after a little while isn't enough. You know, before I know it, I'm smoking a whole pack of cigarettes. Then once you get to that whole pack of cigarettes, it still doesn't work. So then you're looking for something more. And, right. you know, that's how it incrementally builds in, you know, the, between the psyche as well as, you know, the physical tolerances that we're building up. You know, so I would lump all three of those as a gateway drug together. But out of them, usually people are going to be trying the, the like the traditionally legal ones first, like alcohol or tobacco. And then they bump over to something like cannabis. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, they're getting a buzz on and somebody says, hey, try this joint. And you're like, got a buzz. Oh, sure. You know, and then one thing leads to the next. And you see, these are these are the dangers that that we face. Um, and and it's the, the people that are that that um, are proponents of this. I don't think they're really considering 
you know, the adverse effects. I mean, the other thing is that, you know, marijuana leads to psychosis as well. Um, um, you know, it, it's been known for a long time to lead to psychosis. Uh, you know, so the research, I have some, I have some things I've, I've pulled up that research of uh, co-occurring mental health disorders with substance abuse disorder at a high risk for developing psychosis associated with the substance or medication. This may suggest that substances such as marijuana may trigger the onset of a psychotic episode in people who have predisposition risk for psychosis. Now, look, do we know who? We have no idea who is at a risk for developing psychosis. Just like, you know, some people, some people can smoke pot and be fine. Some people can drink alcohol and be fine. Others, it has an adverse effect. And you know what? We don't come with manuals with a, a warning labels on us when we're born. Oh, do not put in alcohol. Do not <laughs> use marijuana. You don't know. You don't know until you start doing it. And then sometimes it's too late. Like So it's when you, when you uh, brought up the de decriminalization of marijuana, which I'm for that because you know what, if someone's sitting there and they have pot on them and they're using it, they're not dealing it. Maybe they have a problem. Okay. And, and to throw someone in jail because they have a substance abuse problem, I, I don't think that's the right way to, to, to deal with it. You know? Um, and now if they commit a crime because, well, that's a whole nother story. But if, if they're just caught smoking pot, you know, again, the decriminalization is one thing. Um, you know, they they need to be they need to be helped. They shouldn't be punished for that, in my eyes. Yeah. So, wouldn't it cost? Wouldn't it cost around similar pr uh, price to have someone in jail rather than have someone in rehab? Um, I, look, because it costs money to have someone in jail. Oh, absolutely. They get fed. They have a roof over yep, their head. Yep. So, is it a similar price tag? I mean, I know I I don't know that I don't have those those it's statistics. Just something to ponder because you're but not helping to think about. Is. Yeah, and they're both the lucrative industries. Let's put it that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. People are making money there. They wouldn't be there. <laughs> um, but the, the focus should be on you know trying to help people with their issues. Now you know let's yes. go back to that for a minute. You know, Phil, it's like you know I'd be almost like back in prohibition times you know like if someone's having a beer on their front step and they're not driving anywhere they're not doing anything right. that person you know you know and going back to the psychosis aspect you know well, I want you to yes, know you're in behavioral you know, health yeah you're in behavioral health so I want to know you know did, you know did you see a lot of this um it was, um, it was, it was, it was blank, blanket substance abuse, you know, and uh, there, there is mostly, there is a little bit of that varied information, that muddled type of information that you get, you know, right. um, unfortunately yeah. out there, you know, opioids are a very big epidemic right now. Um, <laughs> you know, things like crystal meth are really bad, more, you know, west of the Mississippi. Um, right. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of times with these, you know, recreation type of initiatives um you know doctors will say you know it's like oh if you're smoking pot well hey it's better than doing crack or it's better than doing dope you know what i mean and which which it is you know so you'll see that but we also have to try and warn of the dangers because you're really you know you're kind of just switching out one substance for another and that'll definitely you know help you you know, on your road to relapse to your true drug drug of choice. You know what I mean? Yep. If my real drug is is heroin and I go smoking joints for a while, eventually I'm going to, you know, be going back towards that. You always pe people don't understand that about addiction. You're always going to gravitate toward your drug of choice. So if someone's like a cocaine addict, 
and they go and have a beer. Oh, I'm not addicted to beer. I'm not addicted. I'm not an alcoholic. But guess what? As soon as the the juices start flowing, the the, the chemicals in the brain start being affected by the alcohol. What are you going to seek out? You're going to seek out your cocaine. That's what happens. See, this is another thing that I, I think people have a misconception about as well. And, you know, uh, you know, if we talk about the opioid situation, that's that's a whole other subject that, you know, our, our actually the FDA and our government and the, the pharmaceutical companies were all behind that, putting forth false information about the addictive properties of opioids. And it was fed to the people in the medical schools, all the all the medical uh, students. And they said, hey, you know, the thing is, uh, keep your keep your patients out of pain and they just kept jacking up jacking up and jacking up the uh the dosages and uh, now what do we have we have a big problem and you know what again like you said before not too many people go out and do heroin right off the bat they'll start with alcohol they'll start with marijuana um and and like do we need another legalized substance here do we yeah I mean, and to, to your point there, you know, it's like, look at in New York City now, they're, they're putting up legal shooting galleries and they do it in, you know, some of the neighborhoods that need the most help too, you know, and I worked in some of these areas like Bed-Stuy, Brownsville, East Harlem, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, they already got enough problems, let alone setting up a place for people to go in and, you know, use intravenous, you know, heavy schedule one narcotics, you know what I mean? Wow. Things like that. And, you know, it's, it's this slow erosion uh, of our our true natural health that you know we should really be focusing upon yeah you know and you bring up another point because you mentioned a couple of different areas uh another thing is that those are all high crime areas as well uh and and there's there's a ton of information regarding the increase in crime in areas with legalized marijuana and there's several reasons for that one because you're attracting an element two it increases the the uh, amount of black market marijuana, and three, these are all cash businesses. They can't take credit cards. So what do you think the uh, the nefarious elements out there don't know this? So where are they going to target? They're going to target some place that has credit cards, or are they going to target a place that is laden with cash? I mean, it just makes it just makes sense, you know. Um, and, you know, putting putting these places up. <laughs> You know, you're just you're just opening yourself up to to crime, and especially the the spot that they wanted to put it in where we are, it's it's right on the border of New York, and you have 17 there, you have the throughway there, you have 287 there. I mean, there's a lot of traffic going in and out of there. And if you look at it, like 17 is, if not the one of the top uh, drug traffic highways in the country, definitely on the East Coast. Yeah, well, this uh, proposed location is actually, I mean, it's, it's literally right around the corner from my house. You know, um, I don't live too far away from it. It's, you know, yeah. maybe a couple hundred yards away from where my church is. Um, the police chief Jaffe and the Mama Police Department put out, you know, a report just on the, the traffic issues that it would cause mm -hmm. um, over there by West Rampo Road. Uh, it's already flooded right now. I mean, uh, th that would create a, a huge issue, but there are multiple, multiple schools in the area. And the one thing that, that I like to bring up with this one, you know, we're, we're, we're a state line area right here. The, the border of New yes. York state is, is right here. Um, we already have right on 17 in the same type of area, several types of hotels and motels. And there's yes. a lot, a lot of things that go on there. I, you know, I know police officers and, you know, mm -hmm. if people in Mawa knew 
the type of things that were coming through their town, they would probably, you know, they probably skip a couple beats in their heart. You know, right. um, our law enforcement does a wonderful job here of keeping us safe. You know, I back yeah. the blue 100 percent. And, you know, most people don't even know, you know, some of the, the heavy, heavy stuff I'm talking about, you know, not only like like weapons, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like large amounts of drugs, uh, human trafficking, prostitution, yeah. all, all right here, right next to us. And, you know, having if that's already taking place in some of those locations, what do you think is going to be happening, you know, just up the road at a marijuana dispensary, you know, and we're going to be oh, yeah. people are going to be coming in from New York, uh, you know, from mm -hmm. all over. And who knows who these people are going to be. And like you said, because it still is illegal at a federal level. Nothing can be done with banks or credit cards for this. It's all right. cash business, you know. Uh, and they got all these people in those no-tell motels. Uh, this is another, uh, just another way for them to engage in uh, criminal activity. I mean, like you said before, I mean, there's all kinds of trafficking, sex trafficking, prostitution, arms deals, other narcotics deals, all going on right under everyone's nose, except, like you said, our cops are on top of it. But you know what? When they bust one, they're in and out anyway. And uh, they're back there doing the same thing again. Uh, but, you know, most of the people are insulated. Like most of the town folk are insulated from this. But we have people from all over. Just drive by and see all the different, see the different tags, license plates from uh, different states. I know. Uh, I mean, I've, I've worked in, you know, uh, prisoner reentry and, you know, the aspects of criminal justice reform. And so, you know, I'm going to play this out for a minute. You know, in theory, mm -hmm. you know, say, say, you know, I'm someone who wants to, do things in, you know, a non-honest way. I could set up shop in one of those hotel rooms. Okay. I could kind of live there. All right. Walk over, you know, to the dispensary each day, right. pick up an ounce of cannabis, come back, you know, and it's cash. Nobody knows that Duke was yep. buying it. Go back to my hotel room, sit there, you know, distribute it, you know, make it into smaller bags and then sell it at a higher price. Capitalism is terrible, right? You know, so the junior, um, to, yeah, to, to the middle school and high school kids, or to 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 kids that are in walking distance of that area, right? Make enough, yep. make enough money to go back and buy another ounce tomorrow, pay for my hotel room, and then still get a new pair of jeans or dinner at McDonald's right down the road too. So, you know, yeah. playing the tape through, I mean, there could be a lot of issues here. Now that same person, you know, Duke who wants to do nefarious things while I'm at it. Now I've made a little bit of money. Well, maybe I start getting into other things too, you know, instead of just, mm -hmm. you know, getting the cannabis over there. Hey, I can make some more money if I'm getting powdered goods or if I'm right. working into right. some things where it's, you know, closer to prostitution or human trafficking, mm -hmm. you know, so those, well, those things have a tendency to snowball. And like you said, even though our law enforcement is awesome here in Mala and they're mm -hmm. really on top of things, as soon as you bust one, there'll be three more to take the place. Exactly. Because like the thing is also, then they'll, they'll get some, some maybe not just use a, a female, for instance, you get a young girl who wants to uh, smoke pot or do whatever drugs, other drugs they have available. Maybe she doesn't have the money. So guess what's going to happen then? She's going to use her body. And then he's going to be, hey, listen, uh, you're doing this. Might as well sell you over here and make a piece and I'll take care of it. So now you have prostitution, drugs, and then maybe they get into some arms dealing too. I mean, everything's right there. And, you know, like you said, you know, if you, if you have a little crack in the dike, what happens to it? It gets bigger and bigger. The more pressure comes in and, you know, uh, and, and especially the way that, you know, law enforcement now is being hamstrung in, you know, the, with, with some of these new rules 
and laws put on them and also this, you know, this bail reform nonsense. So these people are in and out and they know it and they take the chance. They're going to take the chance. So, you know, um, the, you know, the, um, they also, people say, oh gosh, oh God, you know, it's, it's not as bad as drunk driving and so forth. But guess what? Every one of those cities, every one of those states, the cities that has legalized marijuana has noticed a jump in, uh, Automotor vehicle fatalities. There's been more accidents and more fatalities. You know, look at the look at the uh, the stats from Denver from when they started it. You know, they did a, a, a six year study. Um, it's all available online. Uh, it it's not an innocuous drug. It's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, you know, going back to like you said with the psychosis. I mean, you can take two people like me and you. Now, you know, I've smoked pot before. You know, I've drank. Mm -hmm. You know, I've done plenty of things like that. You know, it's like. Mm -hmm. Me and you could smoke from the same joint and, you know, you get the munchies while I'm sitting here going like, dude, dude, everybody knows I'm high. You know what I mean? It, it depends on the person. So there's different reactions. But, yeah. you know, kind, kind of going back, you know, with some of the law enforcement aspect of it and driving, you know, like mm -hmm. for alcohol. All right. Um, we have a breathalyzer test, you know, some kind of right. non-invasive type of procedure that an officer can do either roadside or back at the station that doesn't involve bodily fluids where they can try and determine if somebody is inebriated intoxicated from alcohol you know what i mean right um with the current state of law enforcement right now where you know the the, the pressure is on them unnecessarily uh, for a lot of different reasons um you're going to only create greater problems because to really find out if somebody like has marijuana in their system right now is to take a blood sample because like we were yeah. talking about, it's, you know, it's fat soluble. So if like mm -hmm. I have some marijuana today, like you said, for about 20 some odd days, depending on how fat I am, that's going to be in my system. Mm -hmm. So you can't do a P test for it. I mean, and that's still bodily right. fluids. They're not going to, you know, cops aren't going to have people do P tests on the side of the road to try and find out if they're high or back in the yeah. station too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So the only way you really got to do it is do a blood sample and you got to do it right away. So everybody, you know, so say they do the field sobriety, like, you know, touch your nose and walk a line and things like that, mm -hmm. you know, and say they fail that. Now what are the right. police going to have to do? They're going to have to call EMT an ambulance to come and take them to mm -hmm. a special location. So that way they can get, so until they have something like maybe a retinal scanner or, you know, some type of other type of device that is more, you know, in line with something like a breathalyzer that's non-invasive, that really doesn't involve too many bodily fluids, we really don't have the practical manner to enforce this type of law, you know. And, hey, you know, we could all use safer drivers around here. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you, you know, you bring up a lot of interesting points, you know, because, you know, look at the cost. What does it cost a society to provide all these additional services required for people who are driving around high right um you know you know the um the, the proponents of this say oh gosh you know what we're going to get um we're going to get uh tax we're going to get a portion of their taxes uh come come into uh you know to the town or to the locality whatever it is that um is governing this uh this area so let's say there you know you have uh taxes coming into the town property taxes for this or business tax, whatever they're, they're applying. But how do we know how much is going to offset the additional costs? You know, I mean, how many more ambulances do we have to put on? How many more police officers do we have to put on? Are, or if we have the same ones, are we taking away from, you know, someone who's having a heart attack or, you know, having a, in labor with a baby, uh, 
then they, they can't get the ambulance there fast enough because they're dealing with some somebody who, who's high on the side of Route 17. I mean, you know, these are the other costs that, that people seem to just be glossing over. You know, these, these associated costs with the increased policing, the increased services, and so forth. And I don't think that the, the taxes are going to mitigate that. I would really like to see that cost benefit analysis, you know, and try mm -hmm. to really identify what are the manifest functions and the latent functions um, or otherwise known as like the intended consequences and the unintended right. consequences, you know, um, because um, it seems like, you know, everybody's on the front end of that with those, you know, intended consequences. Oh, yay. You know, we're yeah, going yeah. to see more taxes, you know, like more tax revenue in the town and it will yeah. offset my property taxes by like three cents every year. Cool. <laughs> you know, um, but they're not looking into the additional costs that are going right. to definitely be ensued. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to see their decisioning tree, you know, here at Mawa to, to try and make that uh, available, you know, um, yeah. because honestly, it looks like that, you know, from my point of view, it's going to cost a hell of a lot more uh, than what we're going to get back in any kind of tax revenue, you know, um, and especially the so. social, emotional and spiritual costs are extremely high you know just the traffic headache alone over at west Warren Paul ave will give a lot of emotional problems to people <laughs> you know yeah i mean trying to try to you know you're trying to get to your kids practice or their game and you're stuck in traffic because somebody there's a line of people buying pot on the around the corner I mean, it's, it's bad enough over there you try you try going there from like like you know 4 30 till 6 30 you know it's it's jammed up so we're gonna we're gonna jam it up even more. Yeah, it's a good plan. Good plan. So, hey Duke, man, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. You got any uh, got any closing words or anything you'd like to say to everyone? Uh, just uh, you know, thank you kindly, Master Phil. Um, you're one of the best guys that I know. I mean, you do a lot for our community. You do a lot for your students, both in the classroom and in the dojo. Uh, you're a, a really a, a truly shining light for a lot of us around here. So just keep doing the, the good stuff. Keep promoting health, you know, keep promoting, you know, being physically active, putting good things in our body and doing the next right thing, man. Yeah. Talk about talk about being physically active. You said you got back into working out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at one point in time, I was a, a division one college football player. You know, I know what it's like to work out at a higher level. <laughs> um, and for a long time, I was in construction. I stayed very physically active doing that. Um when COVID hit, um, I had moved into an administration position and I started working out hard. You know, I got back into my routines real hard. Yeah. Um, but then within the last year, um, you know, whether it's the pandemic, you know, different political things, you know, uh, I kind of fell off and I totally fell out of my good routine. Um, and, you know, getting back on the horse, getting back on the bike is a really difficult thing to do. But, you know, establishing routines, you know, you don't have to be Superman in one day, you know getting back into that routine, whether you're doing just a little bit. And it was some of your advice that you told me, like Master Phil, you're like, hey Duke, you don't have to be going and doing, you know, your 50 minute, you know, bang it out, super set routine where you're doing bench curls, you know, just do some calisthenics today. You know, make sure you just do some push-ups, do some sit-ups, do your stretches, do your yoga brother, you know? And then once you get that routine down, then you can start adding more. And that's what I've been doing, Master Phil. And it, it definitely works great, you know? So thank you Love kindly, it. brother, man. Love it all. Pleasure, pleasure, brother. Anytime. Well, again, Duke, thank you. You've been an incredible guest. And uh, of course, Doug, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone, thank you Great for job, listening guys. in today. So we're going to close things out.
This is Master Phil. Master Phil in your corner. Strength and honor.